Welcome to the Polygamer Podcast, where gaming is for everyone. Join us as we expand the boundaries of the gaming community. Hello, and welcome to the Polygamer Podcast. If you're listening to this, then congratulations, you win! You get to continue listening to Polygamer. Meanwhile, everybody on the YouTube channel is being told that Polygamer moving forward is going to be an audio-only podcast. Ever since we launched this show in July, there have been two editions of the show, and that is because we had 35,000 subscribers on YouTube that I want to market this show to and help get the word out. Over the first five episodes of Polygamer, the video edition has done its job of helping get the word out, but it has also limited the number and kinds of guests that we can have on the show. Not everybody has easy or timely access to a web camera, and when I'm asking professionals in this industry to donate their time to be on this show, it is not reasonable to place further expectations and demands on them to require that it be a video show, especially when the audio format works better for this kind of content. Watching two people talking to each other is not a significant addition of value to listening to them talk. But the audio edition will be continuing indefinitely because there are so many amazing and wonderful guests I want to have on the show, some of which I just met recently at AlterConf. This is a show I mentioned in our most recent episode because our guest from that episode, Khadija Marenkov, was a speaker there, as were Maddie Myers, Adrian Mills, and several other friends to Polygamer. This event was hosted in Boston and will be coming to New York City on October 4th. It is a mini-conference about three hours long with a variety of talks ranging from 15 to 20 minutes or so. About the length and style of a TED Talk, really. About the length of a TED Talk, really. And then the event will be continuing on to further cities throughout the country all hosted by Ash Dryden. I very much enjoyed the talks, and I'm looking forward to having some of those speakers on this show in future episodes. Speaking of our most recent episode, I mentioned at that time that I would not be discussing on the Polygamer show the topic of Gamergate. Well, I went ahead and wrote a blog post on the subject anyway. However, my goal was not necessarily to add anything original to the conversation. Pretty much everything has been said by now. My goal was rather to let people outside the gaming community know that Gamergate even happened. Even though the event has been covered by the likes of The New Yorker and Time magazine, it is still a relatively small affair in the grand scheme of things. There are even people in the gaming community or who consider themselves gamers, but are not necessarily part of the online community, who aren't even aware that this thing happened. So my target audience for this blog post were Apple II users. These are retro computing enthusiasts who, as a hobby, enjoy using the computer that Apple invented even before they released the Macintosh. I'm very active in this community, I have a quarterly magazine, I attend an annual convention, and I used to co-host a monthly podcast on the subject. And also, several of the journalists who were affected by Gamergate got their start either as gamers or as writers in the Apple II world. And these are the people who are being affected by Gamergate and who we are losing. So Apple II users who enjoy reading about their favorite computer or the history of it are now going to have fewer voices to hear because those voices have been silenced by Gamergate. That blog post is available at my website, Apple2Bits. There will be a link to that in the show notes. But on to this week's episode. This week, instead of the traditional interview to kick off our audio edition, we're going to be running the audio of a panel that was held at PAX Prime 2014, just this past August. The panel was very similar to a panel I hosted at PAX East 2014, because it stars all three of the same women that I had on my panel, those being Susan Arndt, Brianna Wu and Tifa Robles, as well as Alexa Ray Correa and Andrea Renee. 
Whereas my panel was more about identifying and correcting issues of sexism, gender, and feminism in the gaming industry, their panel was more about identifying those issues. So perhaps it was a little bit more reasonable to cram that into an hour because my panel ran a little bit long and we had very little time for questions, whereas the PAX Prime panel that you're about to hear had more time for questions. It's very interesting for me as an outsider who has not experienced any of the harassment or sexism that is rampant in this industry to hear what manifestations it takes. And that is what this panel is about, is identifying what sexism looks like. The audio of this panel has been provided to Polygamer by Mr. Travis Duncan Stewart of Broken CRT Productions. He filmed my Paxi's panel, and he filmed this panel called The F Word, the F Word being feminism. The video of the panel is available on his YouTube channel, and he has graciously provided the audio for Polygamer to publish with his permission. If you would like to watch the panel, the link to that will also be in the show notes. But the audio is here for you to enjoy. I've done a little bit of editing for clarity and audibility, and I also may have removed some applause here and there. That is in no way an editorial judgment on the worthiness of these statements for applause. It is simply because applause can be much louder than the speech and also does not contribute a lot to the listening experience. When necessary to understand the tone of the audience and the environment, I of course did leave it in. So please stay tuned for this and more episodes of Polygamer. If you are subscribed via iTunes or Stitcher, there's nothing you need to do to change your subscription. It is only the video edition that is going away, and the rest of my YouTube channel will remain active. I'm going to continue publishing the IndieCider podcast, both audio and video editions, Let's Plays, and unboxing videos. And Polygamer is alive and well also in the audio edition that you are now listening to. So thank you for already jumping onto this bandwagon. I hope everybody who's been watching the video edition follows you, you trendsetters, you, Steve and Aline, thanks so much. And we'll stay tuned for the many more fine episodes of Polygamer in which we'll be discussing issues of equality and diversity in gaming. Please send any feedback about this podcast to feedback at polygamer.net. I accept suggestions, complaints, comments, and requests for specific guests. And follow me on Twitter at GameBits. Thank you for supporting this cause, and game on. Good evening. Uh, my name is Adam Ripon, and I'm honored to be here tonight to introduce to you six, no, wait, five, five, there was an airplane thing, five amazing game developers, community managers, and journalists with whom I'm proud to be friends. In particular, I'd like to introduce my very esteemed colleague and friend, Alexa Ray Correa, who has been on every single panel I've ever done, <laughs> and who asked me to assist in uh, this one tonight. As you may have noticed, I am not a female. I'm not here to speak for women. I'm not even here to speak for men. I'm here to help my friends speak, and I'm here to help make sure that when the time comes later on, uh, that anyone who wants to speak can, accounting for time, of course. I spend a lot of my time touring with my wife's all-girl queen cover band, and so <laughs> the troubles of being a woman in the spotlight are a subject that I am unfortunately very familiar with. Like any good roadie, if there's anything I can do to help make tonight's panel go smoothly, that's what I'm here to do. Also, I have to set the plot change. <laughs> As gamers, uh, we tend to be passionate and uh, competitive, and I think that's maybe why sometimes the discussions like this tend to be so deeply polarizing. Uh, it's my hope that we can remember that not all things are black and white, and that tonight's panel is neither a complete endorsement nor indictment of any one individual's beliefs, uh, whatever those may be. Uh, rather, it's a discussion, and it's, uh, it's a jumping-off point, and it's food for thought, to chew on while you enjoy the rest of your week here at PAX. Uh, and above all else, it's to remind us that video games are for everyone. And so without any further ado, tonight's panelists. 
Hi. Andrea Renee. I work with Team Trailers and I've also worked with the Escapist um, as part of Defy Media and I've been doing video games media for about six years now and I love it. It's gotten a little hard lately but still love it. That love's never going away. Um, I'm Alexa Ray Korea. I write for uh, Polygon and when I'm not writing for Polygon I'm spending a lot of time yelling about the Lord of the Rings on Twitter. <laughs> um, I've been in this for about, I think I'm approaching four years. I wrote for free for a little blog out of New York for a while, and then I freelanced and then got this job at Polygon. So I uh, haven't been here for a long time, but I love it. So. Hey, I'm uh, Brianna Wu. I'm head of development at Giant Space Cat. Uh, we are one of the very few mostly female game dev teams in the entire industry. We work with Unreal. I'm also the uh, one of the hosts of Isometric from 5x5 Network. And I am really tired of the shift that's been going on for the last few weeks. So. Hi, my name is Susan Arndt. I'm managing editor of Joystick, which is a little video game website. Um, <laughs> no uh, and uh, I'm also co-founder of Take This, which is a charity dedicated to increasing the education and awareness of mental health issues in the gaming community. Hi, I'm Tifa Robles. Uh, by day, I work at Xbox. I'm a games producer for the Dashboard. Uh, formerly a brand manager on Magic at Wizards of the Coast. Uh, and when I'm not at work, I'm running the Lady Planeswalker Society, which is a group designed and created for uh, Magic players, specifically women, but everybody is welcome to learn and play the game in a fun, friendly, casual environment where you don't have to worry about people being jerks or being intimidated. Uh, yeah, and it's been really successful. This will be a good way to jump in since we're all like in the sisterhood. We talked about uh, what happens when we don't agree with the sisterhood. Yeah, so what will inevitably happen is uh, we all get lumped in together as being a hive mind. Uh, well, clearly if this woman says, has this opinion, you must agree with her or you are betraying the sisterhood. I've certainly uh, felt that pressure uh, to either uh, not disagree, or or hey, why why can't you get in line and, and be supportive, or or whatever? And it it gets to be kind of this minefield of wow, I wish you weren't saying it that way, or wow, I flat out think you're wrong. But is what happens if I say that? Is it worth it? What's going? To, what's the fallout going to be? And that's just crappy that you have to even go through those mental hoops to think about what's the fallout if I say I disagree with you. No, absolutely, and I think social media is a very powerful tool, but it also can be a really dangerous place to speak opinions because they get taken out of context sure. so easily. And if you're active on any social media platform, you know this, I've been you know, victim to this myself where I've said something on social media and then it quickly gets turned into something else and then you spend hours and hours trying to like backpedal and be like, no, 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 this is what I actually meant. And in relationship to what you're speaking about specifically, Susan, it's tough because you always want to, you know, be supportive of other women in the industry. But at some point, we also want to think of ourselves as individuals, right. yeah. not the high mind that you were referring to going, I'm a person with my own individual feelings. It's Yes, I'm also a woman, but it doesn't mean just because you're a woman and I'm a woman, we're supposed to have the same feelings right. about the same yeah. things. Well, and even like 
feminism has so many definitions, sure. and like it might mean something completely different to each one of us on this panel. Yeah. And when people hear feminism, they think it means one thing, and it it takes a long time for people to really understand, and like they have to meet different people to see like feminism could just mean equality, or it could mean something very specific. And you know, it's it's nice to be on panels like this where we can actually talk about different opinions. I mean, I, I do have to say, for me, I personally have a rule on social media that I'll say a lot of stuff on Twitter, but you will not find me attacking other women in the industry, no matter how much I might disagree with them. I, I just will not do it, because I don't think we need to be going after each other publicly. And like, we have people do that enough? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not without like tearing each other to shreds. So I, I, I disagree with stuff you said. Mm -hmm. Disagree with stuff you said. But you're not going to find me attacking you. And I think that's kind of a important thing to support each other publicly to a certain extent. Do you know what I mean? Or at least that's the way I operate. Like if I have a disagreement with somebody, I'll take it behind a closed door. Sure. Sure. I mean, it, but it's it's. Here's just a really, really benign example, is I will often uh, at shows have uh, women come up to me and talk about how, oh, doesn't it suck that there's these princess characters and these super girly characters that, no. No, no I don't think it does. Princesses are awesome. Yeah. Right? Like, like, I clearly like pink. <laughs> you know, I think girly things are awesome for people who like girly things, yeah. and and you know this idea that the representation of of women in the industry or in games must be one thing, and it is this one thing that I think it is. I'm not down with that. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, okay, well, if I try to engage in that conversation, what is the conversation going to become when others decide to jump in? I got a ton of that with my game coming out because we have right. sexy women in my game. Revolution sixteen came hair. out. I got yeah, great hair, but it was I got so much static from people like, how can you betray feminism? How can you right. be doing this? It's like I love Bayonetta. I love representation. Bayonetta is awesome. Yeah, I'm a hot, powerful, awesome woman. Yeah. Now I'm not trying to say you can't have a different opinion, and I think there's a good conversation you can have about the constant over-sexualization of women in games, which mm -hmm. also bothers me. But you just can't have this monolith of safe thought. You know what I mean? Well, that also touches on something else we were going to talk about: is this idea that if you like being pretty or like being perceived as attractive, yes. somehow you're, you can't be a feminist. Right, you're contributing to the problem. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah, what a load of bullshit. Oh, I'm so glad that, um, yeah, exactly. I know this isn't in the video game world, but I was so happy to see Beyonce get on stage at the VMAs and really yeah. kind of take that powerful, like, I can be sexy and I want to be sexy and it's okay for me to be sexy and still be powerful. Yeah. I know that's something that we had discussed talking about, how there's this line as a woman where you, we want to have the agency in that sexiness right. and in that, you know, powerfulness. And it's really hard to get that in games, you know, as Anita's latest video very clearly demonstrated, you know, we are very commonly portrayed in a very specific way. And I think... I would like to see more different types of portrayals of women in game other than this, you know, the damsel or right, you know, sure. the, or the like it's damsel right. warrior. Yeah, like, that's like yeah. 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 Where's all the in between? Yeah, yeah there's right. you know, to use a really cliche, there's fifty shades of gray, right? Like a, how many different kinds of women 
can we portray? And we've seen all different kinds of male characters in many different types of games, and I like I just want to see more. I want to see more things. Well, like we we've already touched on this, but like I feel like there's there's like the spectrum, and it's like there's objectification that's like clearly just for like the male gaze versus like powerful women taking like control of their sexuality. Yep. Right. And like, you know, clearly I think all of us would agree that like that sexuality is great. Like we want that. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of objectification, like I know you and I we were talking about this before. Um we like wearing dresses. We like feeling pretty. And like is there a line as, you know, powerful uh women in the industry and we're, you know, we're out there, like we're doing good work, but like What's wrong with like wanting to maybe feel sexy or like yeah. to have someone be like, oh yeah, you're dare you? Is that okay? <laughs> I just want to be pretty. Why, why do you need male approval? Why do you still want doing this for male approval? Right, right. Like, there's nothing wrong with us wanting to like put on a dress and like go shoot people in the face. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a it's been a really challenging thing to. See women who are, um, for what I do, being on camera, being automatically judged for looking a certain way or dressing a certain way. And I had yeah. I sent an, e an email thread that we had going back and forth, kind of talking about you know what we wanted to discuss in the panel tonight. That at one of my jobs that I had, that I actually had a supervisor tell me that I couldn't wear dresses on camera anymore because the audience wasn't taking me seriously enough. That they would look at me and say, "Oh, well, she's wearing a dress. Well, she clearly isn't a gamer." Right. And I, and I was, I was really bummed out by that. And I was like, "This is, is this like discrimination? Are you discriminating because I'm wearing a dress?" But like, what do you do? Do you go to HR and say, "Oh, they're discriminating against me"? It's like you, you have nowhere to turn. It's really frustrating. It's like. You just want to like want get angry out of it, yeah, but then you can't because then you're, you know, well then you're, well, then you're being emotional. You know, yeah. no one yeah. wants to be that. I mean, why are you so sensitive? Yeah, if yeah. a guy showed up and was like, I want to wear a thicker skin, yeah. right, ladies? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but if a guy was like, I want to wear a V-neck with my chest hair popping out, like no one's gonna be like, oh, you can't wear that because we don't think you game seriously. Yeah. That's true. Because you have little. We would prefer you don't wear that because that's nasty. But, <laughs> but no one's gonna question. Uh, whether or not you're gay or here's a true story. Uh, so we did, uh, I, I used to work with Andrea at The Escapist and uh, we did art for a show that she, she used to host, used to host a news show. Uh, and the art was her in a, in a t-shirt where the neck came down to here. Really cute little blue shirt. And actually had somebody write in about the, how, well clearly you're just trying to sex up the site. That neck, man. It literally was a t-shirt. A t-shirt. It really like, was. Almost exactly what, like, what I'm wearing, except the v-neck came down to my collarbone. Right. It yeah. wasn't like a plunging, like, hey, look at my cleavage shirt. No, the girls like, were not out. Like, no, this was like, you know, <laughs> something you would, you would wear to, like, lunch with your mom. It's like, it was the most benign thing. But because, clearly, this person considered her to be attractive, right. they were filling in a lot of blanks that were not there. And that's, I think, something that happens very, very frequently when you put on a dress or you, you know, want to, want to be pretty or something like that. I mean, this feeds into this this entirely difficult. It's you have to second guess everything you do in this industry. And if you guys are, are more journalists, like over on the dev side, if you're going to take a meeting with a venture capitalist, right. my God, do you think 20 different ways about absolutely everything. What you're going to say, what you're going to wear, who you're going to bring with you. And you're trying to navigate this incredibly complicated series of people putting you 
in boxes no matter what. You were getting put in the box because people were, you know, finding you attractive and they couldn't think about anything else. That's their fucking problem, by the right. way. You know, that's not on you. That's on them. And if you find this at every single step of the industry, like if you're on the journalism side, you're going to have to think 20 different ways about how you dress on camera, how you present yourself in packs. If you're an engineer, you have to think about the same stuff. Like, I actually had to learn when I got into this industry that if I want to go to engineering, like, functions, I can't, like, put on a dress. Like, I had to specifically learn that you wear t-shirts and kind of dress yourself down automatically because that's how you get taken seriously. Well, it all comes back to that hive mind we were talking about where, like, if we do something that's perceived wrongly, then, like, that means that we're making all of these other women in the industry look bad. Oh my god. I, I, face yeah. that, I face that really hard with magic, because like, I'm a very public face for Magic Gathering, and there's not a lot of women faces. Yeah. So whenever I do anything, I'm like, oh god, I can't let like all those women that play magic down. Like, And it's so hard to deal with that pressure. It's like any decision I make, anything I say on this panel, could like make all of the magic women look bad. Yeah. 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just jump in the deep end and say it, because I know we're all thinking it. Um, a lot of... Recent events, there's been a lot of talk. Uh, in wow, the, you're going there. I'm going there. All right. I'm going there. <laughs> there's been a lot of talk in the social media sphere about how what has been happening, and this has been said before in the past for other incidents, is setting back women in games. Fucking stop saying that. We are not all the same person. What one person does doesn't mean you should need to paint all of us with the same brush. We are all individuals. And it fucking kills me. Fucking kills me. <laughs> now we go to the excuse my language. <laughs> it, it's, I think it's, it's whoever the internet hive mind saying that we're all, you know, sort of paints us with the same brush, sticks us in the same category. And if one person does something, it sets all of us back, right. negating everything that we're doing, which yeah. is stupid. And we yeah. need to, I think all of us need to get on the bandwagon to fixing that. If we all don't do that together, yeah. then that's going to keep fucking happening. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I said it. Okay, tell her. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, <laughs> we had a list of people wanted to get a tough act to follow. Yeah, yeah. We ran out of words? What? Already? We've got an hour left. There's, there's a big old ball of. I know that something we wanted to talk about was like things that uh, things that have, that have happened to us and really sort of sharing experiences and then what we can do to help everyone in the future. Do we want to have the dirty story time? Oh, oh my god. Wow. Do you want, would you like me to start? Go like for it. Go girl. <laughs> All right. So I was, uh, this is my favorite and also not favorite story. At E3 last year, I was wearing a dress and I was waiting for an appointment at an unnamed booth. I was waiting for uh, a VPR person to come out from behind the wall to lead me to an interview that I was waiting for. And every, most of the big booths have security guards. And the security guards will sort of stand at the entrance and make sure no one steals anything, breaks their shit, whatever. So I'm standing there, and the security guard is this guy, this enormous man. And he's like, why? Think like JRPG character, he's enormous. It was, so he's, so he's enormous, and he's towering over me, and he starts talking to me while I'm standing there. And I'm standing maybe three feet away. And he starts talking to me. He's like, yeah, video games. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I uh, disengage, I, you know, you do the polite, like, yes, okay, and I turn to watch a trailer on a big screen. I'm completely turned away from him, and I'm not looking at him. And I've sort of, I've ended the conversation. Uh, about 30 seconds goes by, and he grabs me. 
and I freak out and I turn around, like standing over me, like hands on my shoulder, grabs me and I turn around and I say, don't touch me. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. It's just that, you know, we were talking and like, I'm here at E3 and I'm the security guard and like, it's my dream job because you see all these hot girls walking around and then you realize, oh, they're into games too. Girls like this do exist. And I just got a little excited. <laughs> well, I don't blame him for getting excited by looking at you. Right. I'm excited sitting next to you. <laughs> John Drake's not here, is he? He's not here. <laughs> I can't help but notice you're not grabbing her, though. <laughs> yeah, you're not grabbing, which I appreciate. Thank you. Um, but that was, and I, I went and I, uh, I informed the PR people working at that booth what had happened, and they fired him and let, he was gone immediately, which was a great response uh, to that situation. They didn't blow it off. They took me very seriously. But that was just harrowing because I'm standing in an environment, in a work environment, no less, and someone looming over me just like feels like, oh, I got excited and that's justification for me touching you. No, don't ever touch anyone unless you ask first and they say yes. <laughs> don't touch them if they say no. That's me, sorry. Can, can I tell a bit of a different story? Yeah. So you know, I could I could certainly tell horror stories. Like if you guys follow me on Twitter, like you know, I could tell you stories. Like I got a bunch of porn sent to me this morning. I could tell what? all of this porn. Wait, whoa, was it good, was it good porn? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Like, I'm totally down with that. I, I do think sometimes. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do think sometimes we talk about the kind of sexism that's in the industry in yeah. terms of like a grabbing incident or a pass or something more, you know, more sexual in nature. And I think there are other kinds of sexism that you know exist in the industry. If there are women here today, I would like you to raise your hand right now if you would like to be a games journalist. Or if you want to make games, possibly. What if you already make them? Or if you already make them. If you were a woman in the games industry, raise your hand. Yeah. Okay. So, you can look at the games industry right now. You can look at the journalists in the games industry. You can look at who runs the studios. You can look at who is heading up the projects, who makes the level of art director in the industry. And there's systematic discrimination in who is allowed in the door and who rises up the chain. Uh, I had a heartbreaking conversation with a friend of mine today that had to leave a major studio because they simply would not let her into a creative role. And I, you know, I am, I'm inundated as someone that's been in this process in the other side by trying to like get into these networks that are run by men and you know, with male friendships kind of running it, it is absolutely intimidating. It has massive consequences to everyone's career. I, I completely down with the example that you're giving, but I think there are wider stories oh, yeah. about discrimination in the industry. It's not anything conscious. It's not a bunch of guys sitting there chomping on a cigar, like purposely planning on keeping women right. out the door. But it's a very unconscious thing that keeps us from getting the base level jobs, rising up the ladder, 
getting into senior positions. And yeah, you guys are journalists. It's much worse on the developer side, if you don't mind me saying so. Oh, I mean, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And then it just flat out yeah. Yeah, so. Well, we don't have as big of a ladder to climb, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Like, I mean, when you're working at a website or at a video outlet, like, there's sure. only so many positions that you can have. Yeah. Whereas in yeah. a big developer or publishing house, like, there's the, the ladder's just that much taller. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. because unless I want to, like, you know, kick the CEO out of, you know, the site that I'm working for. I'm never going to, like, be there. Right. And I think as journalists, we kind of accept that we love our job and we're not, sure. like, looking to be super high power, which is, to your point, very different than the development side. And I think that we need so many more women in those leadership roles. And anyone who's ever been inside of those kind of creative meetings and had those kinds of positions where you're contributing... It's so clear to me that there's just not enough. Like I worked at an outlet, and I was the only female on the team. And I'm usually the only female on the team, but luckily I've got to work with one of women like Susan and some of the other women that I'm working with now. But we would sit down to talk about, you know, really mundane things like what are we going to feature this week, or you know, what stories are we going to cover at an event like PAX. And it's so clear that like the perspective is different. Like our life experiences are different than, you know, a male's perspective. And that also is like we each have our own individual experiences as well, but there's just not enough voices yeah, in yeah. that world. Yeah. And one of the most frustrating things is like, I can't even talk about a lot of the experiences I've had because there aren't that many companies out there. You know, you can't burn bridges publicly. Right. Yeah. It's really yeah. frustrating because I can't, I could talk about extremely frustrating, sexist, horrible things have happened to me, but I can't even give voice to them. And you know, we just don't talk about any of these issues in the industry. It, it's definitely really challenging, because I think, I mean, I don't want to speak for every woman on this panel, but I've experienced sexual harassment at every single job I've ever had. Like, not even mine, like every single job I've ever had. I but, what do you, but what do you do? Do you yeah. go and complain every single time and then get fired? Because then you're that woman. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Then you get blackballed and then you, no one wants to hire you because then you're a risk. And then, oh, you're the girl that causes trouble and stirs the pot. And yeah. it puts us in this really precarious position. Like, so then what do I do? Do I just keep dealing with it my entire life? Like, yeah. Is that what I'm just, yeah. just suck it up and Grow a thicker skin, just eat it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I then there then there's this the, the type of sexism that that happens that you know they're not trying to be a jerk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, these poor guys. Like no. Well, I'm in a in a relatively unique position um, in that my husband is also a, a fairly well known uh, game journalist, and what happens all the time. Although now that he is uh, now a freelancer, probably won't happen as much. Uh, but it's oh hey, could could you ask your husband about? Could you ask Russ this? Could you could you uh, tell me how to? I'm sorry, I'm the managing editor of his competitor, bitch. <laughs> and they they don't mean it badly. They know I see him every day. You know, they, 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 it's a very yeah. simple thing. Like, oh, hey, can you mention to your husband? Because that's how they think of it. Right? Like, hi, again, game journalist. Been doing this 10 years. Maybe you could see me as that and, and not just his wife. Yeah. And, and these are good people. These are friends of mine. These are professional people. They just don't take that mental step. Yeah. And so, do you say something? Right. Because now you're making it a capital T 
thing. Yeah. Yeah. And right. then they'll feel like an asshole. Yeah. And uh, you bite your tongue a lot. Oh, yeah. You bite oh, your yeah. tongue a lot. Yeah. yeah. On everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, there isn't an issue that I, like, fully express myself. Yeah. Because it's, I don't want to, like, ruin my career by doing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You say one thing and you're that girl. You're yeah. that girl. Yeah. 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 And I can definitely relate, like, from Susan's perspective, yeah. I can relate because my husband and I have a very public relationship, both big faces in the magic scene. Uh, and like, we'll be somewhere, and some like, while I was still at Wizards, and he had left Wizards already, like, people would come up to him and be like, oh, I just heard this thing, like, what's your opinion? And I'm like, hey, I'm right here, like, yeah. I actually made yeah. that decision. Yeah. You might, like, you find more info from me. Yeah. Like, I know he's a cool person to talk to, but like, they just assume that like, he has more opinions, or he knows right. more than me, right. when like, that was almost never the case. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> So, uh, it's, okay, this isn't technically the game industry, but it is, you know, it's a very similar kind of story. You know, with my wife being in the, the, the Killer Queens, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've gone with them to a show and uh, the stage manager assumes that I'm the, the bass player because I'm carrying the bass around. And I'm like, wait, do you think I'm the bass player? And but you carry the bass and that's the <laughs> um, You know, and like, it's, it, it and they think that I know anything about music, and I don't. I have no time. <laughs> I run into this all the time because I will often bring my spouse to you know engineering or game dev events, and you know game devs there will just start talking to my husband who can barely beat World One One in Super Mario. <laughs> Actually, play video games. Yeah. yeah. Every no. time, it's and I do a daily show yeah. about video game news. They're like, oh, but do you actually play them? Like, yep. no, bitch, I can't do this job without playing them. Like, literally, like it's impossible to do the job if you don't play video games. Right. As an aside, <laughs> it is fucking weird to walk into GameStop and see your friend on the TV. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> Well, I'm happy to bring you weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that's Andrea. Wow. <laughs> hey, girl. Mm. Is that? Uh, I hate having to, I, I'm sure you, all the other women on this panel and women in the audience go through that constant justification. Like, we have to prove that we love the things we love. And or that we're good at them. Or, like, oh, yeah. I'm so tired. I tweet all the time that I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted having to prove that I love what I do and that I actually do what I do yeah. more than anything. Like, oh, well, I actually wore this shirt in a video not too many days ago, and somebody was like, oh, I bet Bioware paid you to wear that shirt. And I was like, I was like, yeah, no, Mass Effect's just like my favorite series of all time. But yeah, you're right, Bioware told me to pay you to wear the shirt. I mean, I paid Bioware for the honor to wear the shirt. Actually, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, seriously, all my Bioware swag, I 
I'm bought. Yeah. Because I just, oh my god, I love Mass Effect. Just unrationally. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Let's talk about Mass Effect for the rest of the panel. Yeah. Mass Effect. Yeah. So that reminds me of the 4chan thread that I thought about, or that I found about me. Which Are I know you oh, now? Is it time? Search, I know. But I found one. And, like, there was, like, all these conspiracies. It was like, oh, they just, like, I just saw this article of this girl at Wizards, and they like found old modeling photos of me from college. And they were like, oh, they found this model, hired her on, taught her to play magic, gave her a fake backstory that clearly not yeah. amazing. That's, that's ridiculously like, amazing. They were like, oh, I bet they wrote this article, put her picture on it, and put it up. It was like my background in magic, and I'm like, I couldn't even believe people were that crazy. So basically, all her stone is on Borchan these days. <laughs> Yeah, you can't do anything visual. Like if, if you do anything outside of the writing, like the day the internet found my cosplay photos was the worst day of my life. Oh my god! Oh. Yeah. So like if you so if you do anything anything visual, anything that shows you looking pretty or doing whatever, it's you know automatically like nope, you can't be smart. Yeah. You also can't be old, by the way. I uh, okay, at uh, Nint- uh, E3 years ago, um, I was told, hey, guess what? We're doing videos, and you're the on-camera talent. <laughs> okay, and I did my best, and that is not what I do. By the way, anybody who thinks being on camera is easy, you are fucking wrong. <laughs> nope. You do not understand how skilled this woman is. You don't. Oh, no. You don't. No, it's true. It's fucking true. Um, and I did it, and I, I did a video at Nintendo, and the one person went off on, who is this old woman? And you're not old, Susan, you're beautiful. You're not. In video game standards, I am fucking ancient. <laughs> and it's, what, do you, you know, why are you here? Did your, do you do this for your kids or something? What, people have kids? They play with my shit. <laughs> hey, Susan, I bet you work with men that are older than you, right? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I don't, yeah, I know. <laughs> Literally, yeah, no. So, but, 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 no one ever brings up the age of the Right, that was my point. That's where I was going. Yeah, that. no, like, like, that's never an issue. It's like, oh, okay, so, you're allowed to be female, but you can't be too old, you can't be too, too young, pretty. you can't be too pretty, God help, God knows you can't be too ugly. So what exactly what are you allowed to be again? Well, I mean, if you think about it, look at video games. Like, we are portrayed in such a narrow range mm. in video games. It's a consequence of that. If you're training an entire consumer to only see one kind of woman in games, is beautiful, and, you know, she's a soldier. Like, I came from, like, uh, what was it, the Uncharted 3. Yeah. You know, they had a villain in it that was actually an older woman. And I'm like, yeah, she was awesome. She was awesome. Yeah, she was but, I mean, this has huge consequences for careers. I mean, if you're going to develop skills and stay in this industry, like, you need to be able to do something past 30, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this is where it gets into the, the, you know, the development side and the seniority problem, which right. is a huge problem. Because, like, no offense, there, there are ways for women to get in. Like, I see a lot more 20-year-olds in this industry. Yeah, I do 30-year-olds. Yeah, I see very few 40-year-olds. And, you know, like, this is a... I, I think we talk about the harassment problems a lot. I mean, I talk about it because it's a powerful story. It hits you in the gut. You want to do something about it. But a lot less sexy of a problem is discrimination as you get older in the industry. Yep. Well, and I think, I mean, I can speak from my own experience as I've grown in the industry. My uh, meter, my bullshit meter, is pretty close to being full. Yeah. And once, it's, once I've had enough of the bullshit... Yeah. 
I'm going to go somewhere else. And that's yeah. really the sad part yeah. about women in the industry is that we're seeing a lot of women yeah. leave the industry, and men too, because the bullshit's just becoming yeah. overwhelming. And that's the really tragic part. Can I ask you, hey, everyone on this panel a question. In the last two weeks, have you seriously asked yourself if you want to stay in this industry? Absolutely. I'm sure it's Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a little gross. It's horrible. It's very gross. It's scary. Watching this shit fucking sucks. Waking up in the morning to like check Twitter to be like, to see what's going on with yeah. the people yeah. what's going on with yeah. is just sickening. And it yeah. makes me think, you know, I, like, can I stay here for another five years, two years, whatever? Like, am yeah. I going to be able to, you know, make a lot of money and support myself and be able to, you know, achieve my life goals? Am I going to be able to professionally grow? Am I going to be able to personally grow? Am I going to make it to the end of the year? People are yeah. threatening, you get, you know, phone threats and death threats and, you know, you say one thing out of line and all of a sudden your address is plastered all over the internet and people oh are God. showing up at your doorstep and it endangers you and your family. That's bullshit. I don't want to be any part of that. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, the things that have happened, like, I've been like, should I be less, like, I talk about my personal life. Should I stop doing that? Yeah. Like, do yeah. I need to like turn everything off from the public now? Yeah. Like that's something I've been asking myself after things are happening. Well, like your personal life is nobody else's fucking business except for your own. Right, yeah. yeah. And exactly. Yeah. Like, you keep doing what you're doing. Who cares? Yeah. 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 Do what you're doing. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, everybody. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, but that doesn't affect how much you love games or how good you are at games. Right. It's not related in any way. But it's, it's terrifying. You could be a target tomorrow. Susan, you could be a target tomorrow. I could wake up tomorrow and this bullshit could spread to you. Yeah. Somebody could be trying to attack you. Anyone yeah. here, I'm scared to death this crap is going to happen to me. And it's like, I mean, I don't know about you guys. Like, I'm an engineer. I have other places I can work with my skills. I love games. I'm very passionate about games. And this is, it, it's, it's a little heartbreaking. It's, yeah, yeah, really a heartbreak. I, I don't know about, about you guys, but I'd love to hear some of your questions. I was just yeah, saying, you know what? Yeah. It's a Q&A. Is yeah, it Q&A it's, it's, I write about it's Mario Kart, Kart and I have <laughs> to write about, about my family's safety. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> right. I'm gonna borrow. I'm gonna borrow a quote from you. We write book reports about baby toys for a living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we getting death threats? That's very true. Yeah. I like yeah. that quote. I, I do. Too. Book reports about baby toys. This guy right here. All right. Um. So we're gonna, I guess, take questions. Uh, I, you can line up at this microphone, maybe? Yeah. Yes? Okay, cool. So, right here. Great. Go for it. Don't hurry. Just warm it on up. Hi. Right. Um, so, in light of the constant onslaught of harassment and stuff, do you think it'll ever get better in gaming or on the internet for women? Yes. Because I don't know if it can get much worse. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. The way I perceive this, because I've, I've been doing this for a number of years, right? All totaled, if you go between the, the time I was doing it for free and the time I've been doing it for a living, it's like 12 or 13 years, something like that. And this is very clearly a pendulum swing. Um, because we were here, and then people started to give a shit about diversity. And, hey, maybe we shouldn't treat women like shit. And they started being vocal about that. And they started being encouraged to be vocal about that. And now it is the pendulum shift of, oh, we're tired of hearing about this. And attack. Yeah. Yeah, right. it can, the pendulum can only swing so far. Yeah. 
until it starts to swing back the other way. Yeah, well, people need to stop thinking that there's this assumption that we're going to take games away if we're still here. I don't want your fucking shit. <laughs> Keep your shit. Shit. Sony isn't isn't gonna stop isn't gonna go oh we're not gonna make PlayStations anymore because there's women here like they're not that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, this is an actual conversation I had someone. The fact that Gone Home was as critically acclaimed as it was was going to in, ensure the demise of the AAA title. On another console, so it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we've really got to push back on this message. And first of all, I agree that the pendulum has swung to the point where people are feeling threatened. Mm -hmm. Like they realize that we're winning, and I think they feel threatened. I think that's why it's gotten so hostile lately. But I think we've really got to push back on this message that feminism means like we're better or we're trying to take something away. Like the only thing I fucking want is to have some semblance of equality when I go in and do jobs right. for me and my right. team. That's the only thing I'm looking for. If you have a child, that you will have some way to stay in this industry. Like they'll work with you on that like every other industry in this country will yeah. do to some extent. Like I'm talking about basic stuff here. Yeah. And I think we've just got to push back on that message hard. I'm sorry. You can drop it now. You can drop it. Also, one thing, if there's one message to the people who are freaking out, we don't hate straight white men. No, straight no, women are great. We actually, we need you guys to like us. Like, we need you to help us. I'm married to a straight white dude. I'm very fond of him. Like, just because we think there needs to be diversity does not mean we hate straight white dudes. Please stop acting like that. We're straight dudes of any color. Yeah. Well, it's not a competition. Like, we want to be right. in the same group. Like, we just want the same things you have. Right? Like, that's, that's really all it share is. Share a little bit. That's so much to ask. Yeah. I mean, PlayStation 4 is a share button. <laughs> Do you think you believe in life? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Hello. Uh, hi. Um, with uh, the way that women are, the way they're uh, projected in video games, some some people say that they're objectified, and other people say no, it's empowering. Can you talk a little bit more about how uh, feminists agree to disagree on like whether or not it's objectification or if it's empowering? I've always you know struggled with trying to understand. It's both. That. We're not a hive mind. Yeah, right. They're exactly. both. Yeah. Yeah. Ask any female gamer what she thinks of Bayonetta. Yeah, that's there's, yeah. like you'll get. Crazy diverse opinions. Yeah, it's yeah and awesome. I, a, a really recent example is I did a story about the alternate costume they announced for Samus for Smash, which some women are like, yeah, that's sexy and hot, and she looks like an MMA fighter, I love it. And then some women are like, oh my god, they made her tits gigantic, what's going on? She's a super powerful woman in a full suit of armor and really awesome and badass, why would they do that? And I think that that's a perfect example of going, well, there's all kinds of women who have all different opinions about what's objectification and right. what's empowerment. Yeah. Like, to Susan's point, there's no hive mind. Everyone's different. So I don't think we could ever give you like a fully definitive answer as to no. what, what that is. And Can we agree the high heels are bullshit, though? Oh, totally. No, they're <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes! 
that can run very fast in heels. But if you're on, yeah, but if you're on like a stage that's like constantly blowing up and throwing Pokemon at you, I don't want to be I do want to, I do want to say, I'm tired of seeing the same boobs over and over and over again. Like, oh my Too much to model different boobs. <laughs> actually, tell you as a developer, there are engineering concerns for different boob sizes. <laughs> That's awesome. There's awesome. weight chaining and rings. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I love that you know that. <laughs> the UV uh, mapping is. <laughs> Coming from the uh, the sibling industry of filmmaking, I I can assure you it's. Not much better over there, uh, sadly. Um, but my my question is, I was wondering, like, as a as a man in the position of, of empathy, and you know, when I when I see overt acts, I try and step in. But I'm wondering if you could say anything about the the tightrope between helping and mansplaining. Oh, I have never felt such rage as when I was mansplained mansplained in a in a in a meeting at work. Not not by any of my immediate people I work with. Someone higher up in the organization. Susan, could you explain what mansplaining is? I would like the audience that may not know what that is. Uh, mansplaining is is when you explain to, uh, for example, the managing editor of a website <laughs> who's been doing this for thirteen years. Well, now, what, what we want to do is engage an audience, and we want to get them to stay. Really? <laughs> That's a, what a great plan. Thank you. I'm so glad I had you to explain this nuance to me. Uh, it, is, it is assuming that the woman is too dumb or too inexperienced and, and needs to be told how things really are. Can I tell a very brief story about that? Yes. I was at WWDC this year, and Apple brought out some metal APIs for, um, for their devices. And I wrote an op-ed about it, explaining it technically, and called it Matt. And I'm sitting at a party as a guy is lecturing to me about Unreal and the metal APIs, and he literally quotes the article that I Sitting there blinking, like, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> to answer the question, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, asking is usually a better approach than telling. Uh, find out what a woman's expertise is, what her perspective is, where she's coming from, so that you better understand it. I mean, a 60 second Google search would be great for you to do if you don't, if you're going to engage with a woman on a specific topic, particularly a feminist topic. Find out who she is and what yeah. she does and what her background is. There's the internet. All of us are on the internet. You can find yeah. out a lot about us just from our Twitter bios. If yeah. you just yeah. read one page of tweets, you can probably find out what you know we know, what we're talking about that particular day. It's I I understand where you're coming from a lot. Like it's super insulting and frustrating when yeah. someone comes to you like you were born yesterday. It's like, no, I've been fucking dealing with this shit for a long ass time. <laughs> well, no, do you get it because I imagine people assume a lot because you are the on-camera talent that you don't understand anything about production or about the behind the oh, camera Don't you know stuff. that I'm a paid model actress that just shows up and reads a teleprompter? In case you didn't know, that's what I am, guys. <laughs> so do you, I mean, do you get, 
folks like you get mansplaining with regards to like, well, what we need to do for production is all all the time. And it was really kind of frustrating for me. Just I mean, fans and people who are viewers aside, professional colleagues of mine. Like I've been a producer, a full time professional producer for almost five years. And I've had people that I've worked with for almost my entire duration that had no idea that I would write my own scripts every day. Like, and, and these are like professional colleagues of mine that I respect, and it's really like frustrating. Like to your point earlier, what do you do? Get mad at them? It's like it's it sucks that they automatically assume that there's somebody else behind the scenes doing all my work for me. When I do, I you know upload the videos, I QC them, I go over the edits, I write all the scripts, I do all the research. You know, they just assume that oh, there's a there's a dude doing that for me. Yeah. You're just you just you just show up and look pretty, honey. Of course, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, one thing in that question is, I know one thing that my husband and I have worked on a lot is like how he can support me without like coming in and like saving me and like taking away the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Social justice warrior. Yeah. That was yeah. Sort of and it's it's a really really hard line to balance. And like him and I have had multiple conversations about like how. How can he do that without me feeling like, hey, you just took my power, yeah. right? And yeah. like, it, what it really comes down to is like, show your support. But like, I'll be telling some guy something, and he clearly isn't listening. And all it takes is my husband coming over and saying the same thing, and he'll suddenly listen. Yeah. And then my husband usually is like, she just said that. Maybe you should talk to her yeah. more. Yeah. And then he sort of backs off. And like, that's worked a number of times. And like, it's. It's showing your support and coming into the situation without stepping on anybody's toes, without you know taking that power, but like giving it, making sure she has it. Yeah, I, I think generally speaking, if like guys have so much more power over other guys because you're yeah, true. It's if I stand up, yeah, if I stand up for myself. There's automatically female anger. It gets to a super defensive place, and just that crazy bitchy feminist on Twitter or whatever. Where if a guy says it, right? If yeah. a guy stands up for it, I have to tell you, like the guys on my Twitter who go to battle over this stuff, when I'm just like, I can't even today. <laughs> like I love them, and any time like a guy will come in and be like and check another guy's behavior. Yeah. Don't underestimate your power because yeah. you have a lot more power than I do to change things. It's so important. But don't come at me telling me how it is in the industry, what my experiences are. That's what makes me crazy. It's when people tell me what my experiences are and how I should interpret them. Well, you yeah. just feel that right. way because right. And don't don't try to interpret what she's saying to you because you feel like you might be wrong. Right. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. another thing that's happened to me. It's like no, no, no. I know you're trying to support me, but that's not at all what I meant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to be a little selfish to avoid my video game version of this question and direct it to a different direction. So I'm a feminist geographer from the, from the University of Washington, awesome. and I'm, I'm learning from some of the best um, academics in the area who are talking about feminism, in a sense, from queer studies and you know just overall many different... Um, I specify mostly in race and underprivileged studies like this. So like, I've been working with low-income students for eight years now of getting them into college. And you, I, I think you guys can understand what I mean by the conversations of investors and people in marketing are just trying to like, you guys just really don't fucking understand, do you? And you try, you basically falsely believe that you're right and that you're empowering these people, but you are the most, oh my God, is this person almost spent like $2 million to my organization? And they're the most racist prick I've ever seen in my life. 
But anyways, um, well, the thing, we, the reason why I want to bring this up is, is um, I really hope that in the future times, a lot of the incoming students, college students, and things like that, because I've seen so many of them over the years that have become so much more active in the concepts of feminism, um, like people who say that yes, our industry is horrible. I work in esports; it's fucking horrible. Competition at level is fucking sexist. Miss, miss. Oh. Anyways, but like, I really, I really think that in a few years, there's just gonna be so much more um, counterpunching, but right back at it, and real, so much more um, knowledge and acceptance. I agree. Once Hillary's president, it'll all be great. <laughs> Um, does it help for um for men to sort of um, adopt things that have been classically considered um, uh, female in hopes that it would have sort of like the effect that it had in the airlines industry. You couldn't call it a stewardess anymore because there are men doing it. Like to make it so that you can't necessarily label something as female. Yeah. To I basically have guys in faith with pink aisles at this point. Yeah, I think it depends. I just love pink. I know guys that love pink. Yeah, no, lucky, lucky pink. I don't think that making everything androgynous is necessarily a, like a blanket answer. Because I think that, you know, everyone's gender identity is different, and now we're luckily getting a lot more acceptance towards all different kinds of gender identities and people who identify whatever way they, you know, believe in identifying. So I don't think that blanketing it is necessarily the way. I think more voices is always better than a, a unified or singular voice. Like, there just needs to be a level of tolerance for people to accept that it might not be the way I think about it, but it's okay for you to think about it as long as you're not hurting anybody, right? Yep. Like that should be like the kind of like rule, like if you wanna, you know, like pink and always wanna play Peach Mario Kart like I do, that's totally okay. Yeah. Peach was you know? the best. Oh no, Rosalina's better. Yeah. Oh well I'm playing Mario too. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Isabel, from Animal Crossing, like, or GTFO, like, come on. Yeah, she what? She's DLC, come on. I, I think this could be one of these things where we disagree slightly, because I think, like, for me, one of the goals of feminism is to, it helps men. Like, I think men have very legitimate beefs in this world. Like, I look at the male friends I have, and I... I it sometimes feels like they're stuck in a really limiting box, like with friendships and, yeah. you know, just intimacy, like expressed between friends. It seems like a, it seems bad to me. And, you know, like something I personally want, or want to, you know, for my brand of feminism, is I want to break down those barriers and let people be who they want to be. You want to be super girly, super masculine. You just need to be yourself. And, I think, sadly, sometimes feminists are targeted because I think there is unhappiness for men in this world about these gender boxes that they're locked into. And I think they don't understand we want to break that down, too, or at least my brain of feminism does. We want our colors back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, like, it starts, it starts at such a young age, right? Like, like people are born, and they're immediately put in the box of, like, this is what girls do, this is what boys do. And... It's again. It's it's not like androgyny is the answer, but it's it's it being okay for like boys to play with Barbies and girls to play with Legos or whatever. I 
I don't even know, because I play with boys' toys, so I don't really know what the fight is. I, like, I was not allowed to have slot cars as a young girl, really? because it would turn me into a dyke. <laughs> swear to God, this is a thing my mother actually said. Yeah. I swear to God, she's a lovely woman, but I... I <laughs> yeah, so, like, no, I, I don't believe that androgyny is the answer. I, I think we should be allowed to have the things that are our things. Yeah. Um, I but, like my Barbies. I'm glad I had yeah, them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Jeff was awesome. Thank you for your question. So I'm an indie developer, and I've been making games for the last five years. One of the reasons why I remain indie is because I see a lot of audiences that are just systemically ignored and suppressed, even this industry, not just this industry, but overall. So have kind of a two-part question, but first off, I, I hear more discussions about feminism, but I don't hear much about intersectional feminism. Like, so, what is it like not just to be a woman, but for instance, like a black woman who makes games or who plays games? What do you think we could do to increase that sort of dialogue? I can, on my show, Isometric, like we've started um, a series where we're going to have black gamers and you know, like transgender gamers and gay gamers and women, and just kind of get a more totality of experiences. Because I do recognize that I think it's a massive problem in the industry. I'm not going to apologize for advocating myself, but you know, if you're out there, in, like I see all of us in the same battle together against the exact same force. So. I think we can make a special effort to go out there and to you know, stand alongside these other people. Does well, that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. This year, uh, I've been involved with the Diversity Lounge here at PAX, and I actually think that's a huge stride, because we're lined up, like, we all have this big row, and it's like different diversity-focused groups, all in the same section. Like, coming together as, like, a family that all have the same goals, even though we have specific areas that we're experts in, like, my, my expertise is a woman gamer because that's what I am. Like, and I, yeah, I'm white. Like, I don't have a lot of experience, you know, with yeah. race myself, but I, I love that I'm sitting next to, like, a drag queen booth. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, there's a, there's a, uh, is it DuPaul? Oh, I'm sorry. I, this is, I know. I'm horrible. But, like, <laughs> I think the more safe spaces we create, like the diversity lounge, yeah. the more that we say, okay, here's an, here's a safe opportunity for you to speak up, I think we're going to start getting more and more people talking. Because right now, things are a little vitriolic and a little crazy, so I imagine not everyone wants to you know, throw their hat in the ring, raise their hands, and like, hit the ground yeah. running talking about it. So I think the more people like us and people like you are encouraging and help create these spaces, we'll hear more. Yeah, I, I guess I feel like as a designer that I'm frustrated by the idea. Like I see all of, most of these games that are, that are really big and really well known, they star white dude with scruffle face, angsty pants. And how many times do we have to see that? Dude with scruffle face, angsty pants. Yes. Yes. Please make a t-shirt. So I feel like I feel like there's 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 two sides or multiple sides to this. Yes, we need to talk as developers, and we need to talk as game you know game consumers, but also. These different audiences um, need to be able to see themselves in the characters that are created. So anyway, I, I have a lot of feels about this. And 
I feel like we need to talk about this, and I don't yeah. see discussion like on YouTube happening between developers. I see a bunch of game critics talking sure. and throwing in their opinions, but they haven't made games, and they don't really know what goes into it. Don't assume we haven't made games. Okay, well, no, no, no I'm, uh, I'm not, okay, I won't make assumptions, sorry. Um, but, so, I don't know. I, I have been really tempted to try and make some sort of a YouTube channel or try and increase my voice online, but I have been afraid because of a lot of the things that have been brought up today. If you could give somebody who wants to basically be a loud mouth, hi, I'm inclusive, stop being fucking assholes person, um, if you could give me like any advice about what to expect, what to do. Um, don't read comments. Don't okay. read comments. Okay. 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 All right. No, 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 I'm going to take a stand against that. No, no, no. Makes video and is in comments on YouTube almost every single day of my life for the last eight years. You can't not read the comments. It's important to have a dialogue with your audience. It really, yeah. really, truly is. So how do you survive that? It's true. Delete is your best friend. <laughs> I ban people. I delete comments. If people aren't talking about the content of the video, then I delete them. It's like you. There is a, a level of moderation uh, that goes along with it, and it, it is more work. But, and I totally agree with why Anita has decided to disable comments on her videos because, like, that's some fucking bullshit she has yeah, to deal right. with. Yeah, yeah. But, like, for me personally, I can't, I can't not have comments on my videos right. because I'm part of a larger organization, so I have to deal with these comments every day. And people always tell me, and I sometimes bitch about it on Twitter, and thank you to everyone who ever responds to me and makes me feel really good. I love you guys. But, I can't ever not be in the comments, and if you want to take a stand and you want to have that dialogue and make a difference, you have to be active, you have to engage. Yeah. And it, I totally get that it's scary, it's really fucking scary. Oh, it's awful. But all it's awful, awful, but you have to. Great. Well, and understand that, like, so important. with those negative comments, like, that's a small percent of the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, For and every you have to, it, it's, I'm, I've only been in the industry for like five years, which is less than a lot of people on the panel. And like, it took me three years before I didn't cry after reading comments. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And again, we're going back to like, grow thicker skin. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but like, you, you actually have to come to a realization of reality of like, yeah, this is one person saying this. And maybe some people liked it and agreed, but like, that's not how, what, that's not, like, your goal could still be happening. You're still, Inspiring people, and that's what you have to remember at the end of the day. For every one asshole, there are five really excellent human beings. So don't ever, don't ever give up. Awesome, thank you. Thank you. I don't necessarily have to deal with the same kinds of comments, but um, sometimes you know there can be a lot of really hurtful things that have been said about things that I've done, and. Uh, I actually ended up just having my brother go through comments and pick the ones that I should look at and tell me which ones not to. And it helped a lot when I had a moderator. You know, I, when I had a moderator, exactly. And you know, it didn't have to be somebody I paid. It was my brother. He had nothing to do, so <laughs> he had something to do. But we're out of time. I love your shirt, by the way. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. We're actually out of time. Yes, oh, we are. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, ran right to the end. But you're right there. Can we do one more? Just yeah, one more. Do one more? All right. All right. Thank you, guys. You're the best. So, for, like, to a comment you made earlier about, like, uh, something that happened is a big step back for women. Yeah. Like, fuck that. Like, the entire concept that women have to prove anything is, like, it's ridiculous. And I don't have anything else to say about it. Just other. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thanks.
from uh, something like I find really frustrating about feminism, especially feminism online, that I would love to see like from you guys in the panel is like nobody really speaks to the fact that you like the fact that big boobs aren't a problem or like you know that they're attractive women, but online that's all we hear. Right. And online, all we hear is, like, no matter what we do, like, I saw uh, Anita's one of her thing where she, like, she picked all of the sexist parts from, was it Fallout? And, but none of, like, the actual, like, strong female characters. And so I just think it would be really amazing if somebody as feminists could say, look at all of the progress that we've, come, what we've had. Like loudly, because I really think that, like, we do, yeah, we do. Yeah, it just doesn't get paid. Yeah, but no one's listening. Yeah, people don't listen to that. Because yeah. here's the thing being reasonable isn't entertaining, no. right? Yeah, like saying, hey, you know, there are all sorts of different definitions of sexy, and if you find this character attractive. That's okay. That doesn't make you a horrible person. You know, you are not sexist if you think she's got a great ass, right? Like, that is not an entertaining conversation for people on the internet. No, they want to have a fight. They would rather hear bad things and hear inflammatory things because that will be more entertaining for them. So why you keep hearing the same things a lot is because that's amusing the person for the next five minutes on one of their 20 tabs they have open in their browser. Whether they actually are emotionally invested or not is questionable. They're bored. Well, I mean, there's always going to be bored people, but, like, I mean, especially, like, to uh, Anita, like, you can see a lot of feminist articles to counter the point that we are making. I, I'm sorry, I have to push back hard on what you're saying. I don't like people telling me how feminists should make arguments, the tone we should use, the arguments we should use, that we should be nicer, that we should be more moderate, that we should do this or that. I get concerned trolled all damn long, all damn day long. I get told police all damn day long. What Anita is doing is she is making a case in a 30-minute video using evidence. Yes, there's a wider point there, but she is addressing a very specific problem. It is my opinion that critiquing her for that, saying, why don't you make some nice videos, is a very sexist impulse. In my opinion. This has been Polygamer, a GameBits production. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback at polygamer.net.